As our little corner of the world prepares for a lengthy winter slumber, many of our animals are already snug in their deep, dark burrows, sleeping peacefully, while those of us not destined to hibernate remain awake through the long, dark months that lie ahead. Welcome to AMI Audiobook Review, the weekly podcast where we chat all things audiobooks, and I'm your host, Ramia Amudin. This quote that you heard at the start of the show was that by Arlene Statford Wilson, and it's from Lenark County Christmas, and Christmas is upon us. Very, very close, at least. And really, what I wanted to highlight was the hibernation. Would you believe me if I said I searched for literary quotes about hibernation and came up with this one that I think is so fantastical because around this time of year, we all just want to be bears. At least everyone in my life does because we want to hibernate. It's just not a possibility. Oh, what a woe. All right, let's take a glance at the CELA homepage. Our friends at the Center for Equitable Library Access, they put up three books on the homepage under the featured list. And if you go to celalibrary.ca, you will find the following titles. Black Waterfalls by Asma Zehanid Khan. And this is a police procedural fiction book that we will be checking out later on. Artificial Divide by Robert Kinjet. Anthologies is the category for this one. And the last one up there is Love from Mecca to Medina by S.K. Ali. And this is a family stories slash contemporary romance. So be sure to check that one out if you're into it. I'm loving the kinds of books being featured. Um, And every month, every several weeks or so, the bulk is different for these featured titles and our friends at Sila do an amazing job keeping the selections diverse and keeping our trends in the way that you would when you want new recollections, new stories, new voices, and all kinds of um, wonderful causes being featured as well in their blog. Uh, the Sila blog is full of incredible shout outs. So, you know, they're working hard all the time to get these sourced out to us. And I'm very thankful myself. And I'm sure uh, all of our friends, anybody who uses Sila, are very thankful also. We're going to be checking in with Amir Khan today. He's had a month of fun some fun, some real confusion as well, Uh, but definitely some categories to go over with him, mystery, romance, and some other things. Plus, we have a pause or play today after a very long time. This is AMI Audiobook Review. This is AMI Audiobook Review, the weekly podcast where we chat all things audiobooks. And long time coming because we haven't done it in a while. Here's pause or play. We've taken a glance at some of the featured titles from the CELA homepage. That's the Center for Equitable Library Access. Now we grabbed one of these titles and we're going to pause or play it. Blackwater Falls. Detective Anaya Rahman series, book one, and this is by Asma Zihanit Khan. Now let's go through a little bit of the synopsis. 
of this police procedural fiction novel. Girls from immigrant communities have been disappearing for months in the Colorado town of Blackwater Falls, but the local sheriff is slow to act, and the fates of the missing girls are largely disregarded. At last, the calls for justice become too loud to ignore when the body of a star student and refugee, the Syrian teenager Razan Al-Qaeda, is deliberately positioned at a mosque. Detective Anaya Rahman and Lieutenant Waka's safe of the Denver police are recruited to solve Razan's murder, and they quickly uncover a link to other missing and murdered girls. Anaya turns to her female colleagues, attorney Arisha Adams and Detective Catalina Hernandez, for help in finding the truth. The three have bonded through their experiences as members of vulnerable groups, and now they must work together to expose the conspiracy behind these murders before another girl disappears. A gripping thriller from one of the genre's finest writers, Blackwater Falls, ex- Blackwater Falls examines the series of crimes within the context of contemporary American politics with searing insight. Sounds like a pretty heavy one. So we're going to go around the table and find out what people are feeling. Nisreen, starting with you, pause or play on this novel? You're right. It does sound pretty heavy, but I also feel like it's a page turner. Um, I'm invested in just the description that you just read. So hmm. I'm going to I'm gonna say play. Okay. I, I mean, the whenever I hear the phrase missing and murdered, I mm-hmm. feel like there's a lot of gore that is going to come up, is going to be described in the novel. So turning over to Amir, would you pause or play on this read? Definitely play on this one. I do like a good mystery and a good police procedure. Um, and this one really looks like uh, it fits the bill. I'm also uh, interested to see what the Colorado sort of landscape offers as well, because most of the books that I've read so far are mystery set in California. So hmm. it's interesting to see what the uh, Colorado scene looks like. Yeah, actually, setting is a big part of not necessarily whether I pick up mysteries or not, but when I stick with a mystery, that kind of small town, uh, the, the people, the communication, you know, who knows what about what, and then where that's all set. I'm thinking of Gone Girl, though this point is moot now because I can't remember where Gone Girl was set, but I remember (laughs) the feelings um, that were evoked from just the way that the author painted that picture uh, of this missing girl and of how the communities reacted to that, responded to that, and then, of course, the police force. So um, really interesting, and if you want to check it out, it is on the featured list right on the homepage at celalibrary.ca. Now, Amir, of course, we know your voice because you hang out with us right near the end of the month and you go through all the reflections and listening, audiobook listening that you've done from the month. Uh, And today we're kind of we're not getting into the good, the bad, the ugly, but we are getting into three other things. So first of all, what have you been reading in the month of November? Um, well, aside from from the topic of, of this particular segment, um, just been continuing on with some of my favorite series. Uh, Karen Rose, uh, I've mentioned before, um, her series. I've I've made some forays into uh, Gordon Corman, who's a young adult author. Um, in terms of the McDonald Douglas series, I've I've sort of 
picked up a couple of those books and they've been light and fun. Um, and J.D. Robb's Eve Dallas series, of course, which seems never to get old. Uh, I think I'm up to number 20-something now, so, yeah. Well, we can't keep track of which series you're in the 20s of, like which <laughs> which 20th or 30th book that you've gone into, but impressive because on top of all the uh, regulars and the continuations, you've also got some new experiences. And as you said, uh, we've separated these into some themes here mystery romance and some real confusion so what do you mean by this so i think the first two items are pretty Mm self-explanatory the last one i'm just going to leave to the end because i think it has a little bit of air of mystery to it in terms of what i consider real confusion so (laughs) yeah okay the mystery of the confusion so which mystery novels have you actually gotten into this month so it's November, but December is coming up quick. Uh, I picked up a novel by Dean R. Kuntz named um, The Door to December. Um, the other novel I read uh, in terms of a mystery is our, um, is called No Rest for the Dead. It's something I, I mentioned uh, in another segment before in terms of it's authored by several, I think, 26 suspense authors who basically take turns writing the different chapters of, of this particular mystery. Um, it's actually a, bit, a book club pick for uh, for Amory's Evening Book Club as well. But one of the more famous authors to, uh, in terms of names to the book is R.L. Stein. Um, both of these books are, are pretty standard police procedures, um, and they are actually quite good. Um, I, I've reviewed The Poet by Michael Connolly before, and these mm-hmm. books are not quite as dark. Um, Door to December has a touch of paranormal normal to it. Um, I think that's pretty standard for, for Dean Koontz, although this is my first book with, with Dean Koontz. Um, but I don't think it's your first time with Dean Koontz, right? Um, Back when we first started the book club on Kelly and Company on AMI, uh, we started with the Dean Koontz novel, and that was a Kelly McDonald recommendation, The City. Excellent. Yeah, I look forward to looking at some, some more of his books, but both of these books had sort of a stock character for the detective you know, bedraggled detective, you know, the gumshoe that really enjoys his job, but that's pretty much the only thing he has left. You know, his personal life has suffered and his professional life has suffered, and they really go after um, trying to figure out, you know, trying to get to the bottom of things. Um, Door to December has a has a darker sort of shade to it because there's a child involved in the, in the, in the beginning stages and, and throughout the book. Um, no Rest for the Dead has a darker shade because the entire book starts with um, a woman being executed. And usually when you when you have that kind of theme, you know, when you when you think about things like executions, you're thinking back in the day of the electric chair or, you know, a firing squad or something. Mm-hmm. But this book actually takes place in modern times. So they're actually talking about lethal injection, which is, I think, pretty rare for most authors to even dive into at all. So it's it's an interesting book uh, in that sense uh, to say nothing of the fact that you know you had 26 authors authoring this book called No Rest for the Dead and honestly you cannot tell the difference between the chapters it's very cohesive it's very well written um the stories are really doled out really fantastically um one of the best car chase scenes i've ever read <laughs> is in this book uh which i mean for an author to depict the car scene you can imagine the amount of difficulty that would be in words rather than pictures but both of these novels uh, are are worth worth the read uh, in my opinion oh man i want to pick apart that for a second because i mean you're really into cars um but i'm curious about reading about car chases versus watching them in a movie scene big difference for you 
it, it can be. I mean, you have audio description now too. So yeah. I've seen great examples of audio description. I've seen very poor examples of, of audio description. I think one that comes to mind is from one of the Fast and Furious movies where there's a plane involved and there's cars chasing this plane and the audio description was absolutely so terrible you had no idea what was going on at all. <laughs> so visually it might have been very stunning, but um, audio description wise it was totally confusing. Um, and you, you, you can get both on both sides of that in terms of a book being able to explain something a lot better than, than what you see in the mm. on screen sort of the opposite of that uh one of my favorite movies meet joe black with um uh, brad pitt and claire forlani and a lot of the movie is eye contact and things passing between the, the actors without any words being exchanged and i saw this movie when i when i was cited and you know trying to understand it with audio description is <laughs> not the same experience mm-hmm. i mean with Mystery. Going back to to this again, you you mentioned the kind of that stock character, uh, and then all these other parts of the book that really intrigued you. So I'm curious about that because when you read synopses of books, or you're you're trying to pick up what you're gonna get into next. Uh, I don't know if you battle with this with mystery. I battle with it with mystery specifically because I'm thinking, is it going to be different enough? And especially when you're thinking. Police procedural and anything that involves detectives involvement, like that kind of thing. What does it really depend on for you to pick up a new series, or would you categorize yourself as just loving mystery altogether? So you're into whatever. I think I am, but I, I think for me, it's it's always about how the story unfolds and how the characters are portrayed, including the side characters. So for. Mm. As I mentioned, the, the long-standing series, I'm, I'm sort of reading like the Idala series, which has like 60-something books, or something like the Stephanie Plum series, which has, I think, close to 40 or 30 or something like that. I mean, you have some of the same characters, but you always have these new side characters, which, which offer a lot of color into the plot, um, as well as insights into the characters themselves. So uh, for, for me, it's, it's really about seeing how, how the story uh, unfolds. Um, a lot of the, the better sort of authors for... For mystery, have the discovery of the main character along with the reader. So it's not always that the uh, main character knows everything and, and solves it themselves and saves the day. Yeah. Um, there's, there's sort of a, a journey with with the reader that goes along, which is um, which is excellent. Okay. Well, shout out to the supporting characters. And now we're going to move on to romance because that was the second category of this mystery romance. And what did you call it? Fair bit of confusion. Real confusion. (laughs) Real confusion. Confusion. Okay. So what Um, did you read for romance? So for romance, I split this into two. I read four books um, and I divided them into two sort of categories. One is contemporary, which basically means, you know, today, modern times. And the second is uh, the two books I read were set in more medieval sort of, you know, horse-drawn carriage type of uh, times. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually liked all of these four books. Um, they may not be to everyone's taste, but um, the first one is in the contemporary category is called, uh, give me a second here, um, The, the Love, Love Hypothesis. Hypothesis. Yeah, The Love Hypothesis um, by Ali Hazelwood. And she's she's a relatively new author to the to the rom com scene, um, but it is a very standard rom com novel. Uh, I will say, uh, don't confuse this with um, a previous book I have um, reviewed, which is called The Kiss Quotient by Helen Hong. They're very very different books. Um, this is a much more uh, lighter romance. Uh, Ali Hazelwood is actually a 
doctorate uh, in biology, um, and it shows in her books. I mean, it, it doesn't, you know, beat you to death with, with facts about academia, but it does give you a flavor of what academia is like, and you can really tell what her background is when you, when you read the book. Um, the story sort of centers around a, a PhD candidate uh, at a university, and she um, realizes that her best friend is interested in her ex, and she wants to um, uh, help that along, but of course her best friend does not want to um, engage in that. So she decides to pretend to have a boyfriend, and you can imagine where this rom-com <laughs> goes from there. Um, All so good rom-coms start with some pretending of romance. Exactly. So it, it's it's light and sweet, and it's it's sort of your standard rom-com piece there. Uh, and you had some other romance reads that you've embarked in as well. Yeah, remind me the second one again. Sorry, not sorry by Sonia yeah. Singh. So sorry by sorry by Sonia Singh is also a very light book. Um, this is uh, another pick that we had for for the book club that that people recommended. Um, I will say that uh, for all the all the picks I have for for this month, they were all very well human narrated. Um, some of them were, were just extraordinarily well done. Uh, the production quality on this one, sorry not sorry, is, is particularly good. Um, you know everything from you know phone calls being uh, sounding like phone calls with the narration and, and you know sound effects and, and all those types of things. So, um, sorry not sorry is basically a, a story of of self discovery. Um, the main central character is, is South Asian or uh, from India, um, but she hasn't grown up with with that culture. Um, her parents are, are, are have passed away, and she's sort of it, it's sort of set in a in a style of rom com that we're very used to in terms of you know she's a successful CEO of a you know dot com type of company, um, but she's trying to discover herself. She's engaged to. Um, somebody else and somebody else has decided to ask for her help because she is um, the CEO of a company and you're gonna <laughs> love this one that basically manages breakups for you oh perfect so this is the adult version of the heartbreak messenger to some degree <laughs> uh, a book that we, uh, we have read before but um, basically she's the CEO of a company that will send emails and, and advise people on how to break up with people gently and, and not be a complete um, idiot to, yeah, in that regard. Okay. I love it. And there's one more that you want to highlight from the romance section, which is Midnight Warrior. Actually, two more. Uh, Midnight Warrior by right, yeah. Iris uh, Johansson uh, and Desire by Amanda Quick. Uh, as I said before, both of these are set in sort of medieval times. Um, both are set in sort of classical tones of, of a romance in terms of the woman in distress sort of thing and um, the um, the knight coming to the rescue. But the central character for both uh, are the female characters in, in both. Uh, Midnight Warrior has a bit of a fairy tale quality to it um, and a touch of, you know, the, the main central character is a healer. Um, so you have that going for it. It really really fun read it has a really nice ending which i won't spoil for for anyone but um it was a surprise to me and um very sort of classical lines of you know a, a woman who wants to go back home which is in a secret undisclosed location um but she's been employed to uh to heal people uh which she struggles with on in terms of what to do with both of those and you know you have this sort of businessman of the era who uh, she starts to encounter and fall in love with so um, that's that one. Um, Desire by Amanda Quick. Amanda Quick, I've mentioned before, 
she usually has a, a touch of of goth or, or darkness to, and mystery to her to her novels in terms of strong female characters set in sort of Victorian times, but uh, there's a strong mystery element and sort of dark undertones to, to her books. This book is not like that. Um, Desire is, is much more of a light um, romantic uh, book uh, set in, in sort of classical lines. The main storyline is basically a strong female character who lives on the island of Desire, which stereotypically makes perfume uh, in the Middle Ages. And, you know, her husband has passed away and she's looking for, for a husband, but um, she has certain requirements for her husband, which uh, basically gets the ball rolling in terms of the storyline. <clears throat> well, that perfume making sounds like a story in and of itself. Oh, the author uses it to maximum effect. Let me just yeah. put that one. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to that one. Okay. So what's the book count at now? Like eight already for the month? We haven't even gotten to our last category yet. I'm just letting people know, you know, uh, this is this is what we this is how much reading we do in November. Okay, so the final and best for last category of real confusion. Real confusion. So I'm going to go all the way back to ancient Greece and use a quote from Aristotle, who says, "Every story." I'm paraphrasing. Every story must have a beginning, middle, and an end. Uh, he goes on to define what all of those mean. Um, I think we've all come across books which don't meet this category. <laughs> mm -hmm. And sometimes it's successful and sometimes it's not. And uh, I am going to go through three books, maybe, um, which don't follow this trend. And I was totally confused because, well, I, I didn't know what I was reading. And when I finished it, I wasn't too, too happy. Um, the first is uh, No Country for Old Men by Cormac McCarthy. Um, this is a very famous author, so I really wanted to pick up a good um, work from him. This has also been put into a, a movie, which is very famous. Um, there are books about uh, Cormac McCarthy and his moralistic writing and how and people basically study his writing. So he's a big deal, um, and I wanted to get a sense of what his, his book might be like. But after reading it, I'm not sure I'm ready to pick up another one. <laughs> oh, okay. So it sounds like a tall order, um, but the big faux pas for me for this book was it, it starts off with a thriller style uh, story unfolding with, with a man coming across a, a drug deal gone bad where he picks up some money. Um, nobody else is left alive and he decides to uh, take the money and run. Um, interspersed with this particular storyline is the sheriff of that particular town talking about sort of intergenerational America and how America has changed between the different wars it's been involved in and how those generations have been different. So from the pacing of the book, you, you expect both of these storylines to, to meet at some point or that both of these storylines will continue to the end. Um, but very strangely, the, the storyline for, for the man who finds this, this drug deal gone bad just abruptly ends when the sheriff gets a call uh, and, and is asked to identify a body and it happens to be this particular main character and we're about a halfway through the what? book at this point <laughs> yeah we're about halfway through the book at this point and there is no explanation given to actually how this person died even though for pretty much half the book we've been following his his movements and activities in terms of the different struggles and challenges he's been going through and evading people and and getting away with it and then suddenly he's just dead he's the rest gone. of the the rest of the book continues with the sheriff sort of still muttering uh, about intergenerational America 
and revealing to his uncle, great uncle, some, some secrets about his own past. But it, it doesn't seem cohesive or it doesn't seem natural for, for that storyline to, to continue. And yeah. To me, it just doesn't make any sense um, to, to build something up so much and then just have it end with a phone call that is not explained at all is <laughs> very anticlimactic for me. Wow. Um, and speaking of which, we are wrapping. So really quickly, can you give us one more of this real confusion example? Uh, Meredith Rich is a, is someone I had not heard of and I decided to pick up one of her books. Uh, the book is called Tender Offerings and it's a romance. Um, and she does a great job of, of sort of bringing her characters to life throughout the book. Um, everything from a single mom who's, um, uh, whose baby's father ends up becoming a Hollywood star, but she doesn't want to tell him that she, he has a kid and all these kinds of different mercurial characters, like a billionaire and you have the billionaire's son who's trying to gain his approval, but you know the billionaire is not interested. And you have all these great characters running around, but at the end of the novel, nobody actually finds love. And it's <laughs> very frustrating because <laughs> it's a romance novel and you're expecting something to happen. And after you read it, you're just left flat. This is frustrating for all of us. Wow. Yeah. Is this what real life is supposed to be like? Or uh, fantasy life? <laughs> <laughs> my, my first thought after reading the book was like, we have enough of this in reality. We exactly. don't need to read about this. Exactly. Where's my happily ever after? Amr, mm. thank you so much. No problem. My pleasure. <laughs> Some serious head scratchers at the end of that one. Amr Khan joining us at the end of the month for some audiobook reviews and reminiscence. We'll be back next week. And until then, happy audiobook listening. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.